I can't think of an, another example where that's even true. You might be right for once. Looking at every backup quarterback in the entire NFL, uh, I'm checking out Austin Davis, Kellen Clemens, Kellen Clemens, Brandon Whedon. No, I think Dan uh, Orlovsky. Hmm. Matt Flynn has a pretty big entourage. No other backup quarterback in the NFL has an entourage. Matt Flynn hangs out for the entourage from the show Entourage. Well, that I believe. Yeah, him and E and Turtle, Johnny Bravo. He Johnny Bravo. Hey my, Matt Flynn's always walking around like he has that face like he just grew tall enough to reach the top of the fridge. He's it's so that proud. weird, that yeah. weird child pride. Smarmy. Yeah, I never, I never care for that guy. But what I'm talking about here is Johnny Manziel, of course. Johnny Football. Star of, where's Brian Hoyer's Snickers commercial? Johnny know. Manziel, how many snaps has he even played this year? Few, Very I'll say. Few, few if few. any. I'm sure that he's gotten in there at some point, but few if any. He's in Snickers commercials, and he has an entourage that apparently gets in fights at 2.45 a.m. Mm-hmm. On a night that they're not supposed to be getting into fights. That would be every night, I yeah, would Yeah, I mean, the details are still kind of sketchy, but I think the story of the guy from the guy himself that got beat up says, Oh, he was out, you know, drinking, and then I saw him, and I was like, Hey, Johnny, you're my favorite. Give me a hug. <laughs> Well, okay, I'd beat him up too. I, I mean, yeah. You know, okay, drunk guys like hugs. Drunk guys won't knife you if you hug them. They might hug you, you know a little what? too tight. You know but Johnny's not going to play in the game. He can recover. You know what you do if you're Johnny? How about a fist bump, dude? Hey, dude. Boom. Hey. All right. Pow. Hey, man. I was wasted last night, and then Johnny Manziel gave me a fist bump. Okay. And then, and then he exploded it, and then turned it into a singularity and brought yeah. it back again. Yeah. Instead of, hey, man, I was drunk last night, and I met Johnny Manziel, and my face met his entourage's fists. <laughs> Goodness gracious, it's just, I mean, I know he's young, rookie, No excuse, backup. Are you kidding me? This is a kid who at this point should know better, right? Yeah. By Skyrim, why does a backup quarterback even need an entourage? I would like to believe he's not so busy he can't go buy his own bagels and donuts. Mm-hmm. I would like to believe he can get his own car washed on the day off. Why does he need an entourage? Well, because of things like this. Because he's out too late at night, later than the team would like him to be. I would say that would probably break a team rule of some point, a curfew of some point. Nothing good happens at 2.30 a.m. unless it's really awesome. Am I right? Nothing good happens. Great things happen. That's right. (laughs) At past 2.30 a.m. Now, to be be fair, the great things that happen probably will happen inside at your place, not out in an uncontained area. Let's keep it real. The same great things that could happen for Johnny, uh, for the rest of us at 2.30 a.m. on a, on a night mm-hmm. like that are the same things happening at noon at Johnny Manziel's place. Right. We're talking about sex, people. We're talking about eating candy. What? Oh, I was Se- talking about sex. Oh, I was like, you need a sugar rush late at night. Yeah, you get some... Get a Butterfinger. Anyway... Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. We made it after a short hiatus due to me going out of town and the Thanksgiving holiday. Hey, but at least you went out of town and it was worth it. Am I right, Ray? We'll get there. We'll get to that, D. Thanks for saying. (laughs) But you've made it to episode 70 of Raisin Brent. And I'm Ray. And I'm Brent. You sure about that? Yep. I am. Fair enough. We got a lot of things we got to talk about this week. We've talked about Johnny Manziel. What's he doing? He's a knucklehead, He's dude. He's just a dummy. Is he just right now just like trying? To, is he doing like the, the Shia LaBeouf? Oh, I'm going to have things happen so I could be famous again. He's going to be famous one way or the other. What I think he's doing is he's trying to get out of Cleveland. Desperately. He's like LeGarrette Blunt in Pittsburgh. I wouldn't be surprised if Johnny Manziel leaves a game with a minute to go and is all showered out the locker room before the whole team even shows up. So you were saying how LeGarrette Blunt, he basically left the game before the game was over a couple weeks ago. Yes. Uh, About a minute to go. Yeah, he because he wasn't getting any carries. He had zero carries in that game. Yeah. Even though his team was winning. Yeah. His team was winning. Uh, so you're saying that he was like, so are you doing a conspiracy theory thing? You think he did it on his own, or do you think there was like... I think Johnny hey, Menzel was hanging out at 2.45 a.m. on a Friday night, just hey, getting into fights. Hey, LeGarrette, it's me, Belichick. It's me, Coach Belichick. Yeah, just, uh, you know... Just leave the game early. Leave the game early. We'll pick up next week. Sound good? Hey, uh, I promised you two touchdowns against the Lions. You're going to get a lot of carries for us. Might win a Super Bowl. Not going to get that with Pittsburgh. Not even let you carry it. That's a scary good bell. the backup to Le'Veon. Sounds like a woman's private parts. <laughs> Le'Veon Bell. Hi, I've been 
I've been Bill Belichick. Thank you. Good night. That's uh, terrifying. Try the veal. Try the veal. No bills under 100, please. We're focused on the veal. We're moving on. We're focused on the veal. <laughs> Bill Belichick, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, I would just say it wouldn't surprise me if Johnny Menzel was acting an extra knucklehead just be- to get out of Cleveland. Who would want to be there? That's true. You can't do more than that, though. I mean, Cleveland is tied for last place in their division. Oh, shut up. <laughs> With a record of seven and four, good for last place. Seven in the and AFC four. North. Here's the deal: seven and four, not a very good record. I know a lot of very poor teams that are seven and four. I mean, uh, we've got the Kansas Detroit City. Lions. <laughs> How dare you? In any case, we're going to talk a lot of football this episode. We're going to talk about the Thanksgiving holiday. That's very important. Oh yeah, it's Thanksgiving coming up this week. Uh, Red Sox going absolutely nuts in free agency, and uh, they're hitting the buffet. Am I right? Hitting the free agency buffet, literally. Well, their free agents are hitting the buffet. Yeah, but we'll get there. And I got to tell you about the people of Arizona. I've got some things I want to say because I was just there. Well, I was there. You know, we we talked about them in baseball season, so we'll see if it's different in football season. We'll see, and we will see after three seconds of Adam Sandler. I have a statistic for you, okay? Oh, I love stats. And I'm sure you can't guess who this is, so I'm just going to say it, and I'll probably just tell you the answer right away because you won't know who it is. Okay, fair enough. There is one team in the NFL. (laughs) Oh. There is a team in the NFL that has not scored more than 24 points since the first week of the season. I know, I already know. And that's not very many points, Ray. Yeah, I'm, I'm highly aware of what team this is. Oh, who is it? It must be Jacksonville. Or Oakland. I, I'm guessing this team has a great defense, and it's probably 7-4 and four right now. Hmm. Great defenses don't get blown out by, by New England. Yes, they do. <laughs> mm, I remember Kansas City's defense didn't give up very many points in New England. Was that, uh, was that, in, was that in Foxborough? doesn't matter. Uh, yes, it does it was, matter. Here's the deal. Just like on Hoosiers, let's measure this field. It's 100 yards by however yeah. long it is. Yeah, if you believe that. We all know they put it the It was in prime time, Ray, on Monday night. Yes, it was. Uh, that would be your Detroit Lions. He scored 35 points in the opening weekend. And then what nothing is going since on? then. What is going on? The offensive offense? line is in shambles. The ta- and, and, and the rest shambles. of the team's your been Your wide injured. receiver's dropping a lot of balls. Yes, Matt they Stafford, are. not very accurate. Running back's not very good, except for Reggie Bush, who's hurt. Uh, Joke Bell's been putting it together okay, but you can't run behind an offensive line that is that bad. You can't pass behind an offensive line that is that bad. You can't run or pass behind an offensive line that is offensive. They are an offensive line. Um, this was they were a top. They literally the Lions ranked third in the NFL last year in offensive line and protection. So nobody thought it was an issue. We didn't do anything. We we're like just put them out there again. Matt Stafford has bunch been of injuries sacked, happened. Sacked the second most times in the NFL. Thirty three. It feels like he's been sacked double that. Can you can you tell me how many guests will will it take you to tell me who has been sacked the most times? Oh, okay, you asked me this earlier, but you wouldn't mm-hmm. give me the answer. I didn't know, and I looked it up. Okay, who's been sacked the most? Okay. It's Somebody who's who's had to play all year, so it's not like one of these guys who has been in and out of the lineup, like a, a Ryan Fitzpatrick or a Geno Smith. Uh, if, off the top of my head, my first thought would be it's not Tony Romo because, my goodness, we saw it yesterday. He had seven seconds in the pocket, and I'm wondering, like, what would Matt Stafford do with seven seconds in the pocket? He'd hit 90-yard passes every time. Yeah, well, he would throw 90-yard passes. And then and then Calvin and or somebody would drop it. Couple- couple fans would have to go under the concussion protocol for being hit in the stands. Oh, dear Lord. Stop it. Uh, my first thought would be Eli Manning because he's just not very good. He, I think he's in the top five, but it's not Eli. It's not Eli Manning. Okay. It feels like Peyton Manning's been sacked a little bit more than usual this year, but that's not it either. Uh, no. Drew Brees has been sacked a lot this year, which is why the Saints are so abysmal. Uh, Drew Brees has only been But it's sacked. not him because you... You just said that. 17 times. Oh, okay. Well, it feels like Which more. Which is like 22. He's had pretty good protection, actually. He's been or, sacked more than all. You know what? I'm just going to put I'll it out there. It, I'll give you. Give me a hint. Give me okay, a hint. Okay. I'll tell you. Number five is Austin Davis at 29. Oh, wow. Okay. Number four is Ben Roethlisberger. Okay. Number three is Cam Newton. Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. And it's on a, this is a surprisingly, I don't think you would expect this guy would get sacked this many times on this team. They run the ball a lot, and they're a pretty good team. And they're an NFC team. They're an NFC team who runs the ball a lot. I'm going to say Nick Foles 5. No, because he's been out for like a while. Oh, has he? I don't yeah. know. Then I don't know. I th- Austin Davis hasn't played a lot this year either. Colin Kaepernick. Is it Kaepernick? Yeah. Uh, I was going to guess Kaepernick. That's crazy, right? That guy can run. You would not guess that Colin Kaepernick got sacked 34 times. But that just goes to show you he's trying to do that thing where he's like running around. I think about uh, half those sacks must be just him running out of bounds for a one-yard loss. 
Maybe. Counts as a sack. Or running around and not, not willing to throw the ball away. Yeah, because he has some bonehead sacks. He's like, he'll play a pretty good game, and then all of a sudden on a crucial drive just gets sacked for no reason. Right. Uh, do, do you remember when the season started and people were just like, that fearsome San Francisco passing attack, oh, yeah. Vernon Davis, Michael Crabtree, Anquan Bolden, well, Stevie Johnson, and they've to, been terrible this to year. To be fair, I mean, he has two more touchdowns than Matt Stafford, so that's got to be a bunch of touchdowns. What is he, 19? 15. 15, there you go. Counts. Matt Stafford has the same number of touchdown passes as Alex Smith. I believe it. Alex, Alex Smith has Alex Smith though has completed none of those to a wide Alex, receiver. Well, that's true. You don't have to. That's that's. I mean, that kind of goes uh, to my point though, doesn't it? Clearly, Alex you do. Smith has the same number of wide receiver touchdown as zero wide receiver touchdowns. Yes, and yet still has the same number of touchdown passes as Matt Stafford. Let's not does pretend. That go, let's go. Does that go to Matt Stafford being terrible this season and their line being terrible, or you know? What that has to go to is half of those are Jamal Charles on two-yard dumps taking it 70 yards. <laughs> Could be, yeah. Let's just keep it Let's real for two seconds. And the rest of them are Travis Kelsey. And, you know, to be fair, they probably a good six, seven times had wide receivers get tackled at the two-yard line. You know, so. Yeah. Tell yourself that. That's true. Um, but here's the deal. I went out of town last week. The point week. is, same number yes. as Matt Stafford, who is supposed to be an elite top-four quarterback, Ray. He's definitely a top-four quarterback. Mm-hmm. The next three games, he's going to put up. 12 touchdowns. Oh, yeah. The next, well, of course, because they played terrible teams at the beginning when they won their games, and now they will play terrible teams at the end, and they'll win some more games. In the middle, when they played good teams, they got their butts handed to them. Uh, sir, when we go on the road to play at the number one seed of the NFC, and then at the number Green one Bay? seed in the AFC. Green Bay, who you said was not very good. Uh, they are not the number one seed in the NFC even today, sir. Who is? The Arizona Cardinals at 9-2. Yeah. and two. Oh, you mean the team that just lost again. Oh, at Seattle? You know, else, you know who else? Lost you know who just beat Seattle? Seattle? Kansas City. Oh, do they win at Seattle? Doesn't matter. Loud. Yes, it does. You know why? You can't because take pride the crowd in, in Kansas game. City is louder than Seattle. That's an even bigger win, Ray. Oh my goodness! Now you're just trolling. <laughs> How dare you? So I went on a trip, Brent Pope. I don't yes, know if you realize. I, I know this. this. Yeah. Uh, I went to Phoenix, Arizona to go to. I know this because for a week my life was a lot less annoying. Yeah, thank you. Out of town for a full week. Went to Arizona to visit, and Arizona is a wonderful place to be. I would say right now, really cool stuff to see. There's great culture there. There's a lot of like American Southwest like essence of that place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really enjoyed being in Phoenix. I would probably go back again. I was not expecting to enjoy it half as much as I did. With the exception of going to the University of Phoenix Stadium to see your Detroit Lions play at the Arizona Cardinals. I know this. I don't remember exactly what happened in the game, but I know that no one can hold down that high-powered, high-octane Detroit Lions offense. I will say right now, coming out of that game, that was one of the, if not the, worst officiated games I've ever seen in my entire life. And I don't want to beat a dead horse to death. We are now two right, weeks let's past not, it. Let's not beat a dead horse. Let's not keep talking about Detroit. How dare you. How dare you. But uh, I will say right now, go back and watch the tape. We got absolutely screwed. But I really want to talk about here, and this is something besides the game. 14-6, mm-hmm. to six, Detroit lost. Too many opportunities slipped through their fingers, and they didn't play good enough that day. It just didn't help that every every single call was uh, was against them. Every single possible spot of the ball was terrible. X, Y, Z, terrible. What I want to talk about is what I learned about the, the fans of the Arizona Cardinals. Do you know a lot of Cardinal fans? No, not really. I, I thought something was up because earlier this year we watched a video of Arizona Cardinals fans at the University of Phoenix Stadium getting into a bloody fist fight with San Francisco fans where you're basically watching people kind of grabbing, clutching, and grabbing each other like a good old-fashioned hockey fight. Mm-hmm. And then people coming from outside the ring, walking over, being like, what's up, what's up? Whoom! And then throwing haymakers over the top to punch the opposing uh, San Francisco fans, causing blood and stair-falling and what have you. And I thought to myself, that's weird. You don't think of Arizona fans as being bad. You don't think of them as being aggressive, right? They don't yeah. really have a, a a culture that's like Raiders fans do, for example. Attending the stadium, getting my ride up there on the uh, shuttle to the stadium from my hotel. Right. The driver is a San Francisco fan, so she was not a homer by any stretch of the imagination. Okay. And I said to her, I said, hey, what do I need to know about Cardinals fans? And she goes, they like to talk a lot. I'm like, Card- I thought, well, then you're going to get along great. Cardinals fans like to talk a lot. Since when? Not that I know a whole lot of Cardinals fans, but they don't. Why would they have anything to talk about? 
congratulations on your almost winning one Super Bowl and never being relevant another season since then or before that. Thank God Kurt Warner came in and saved your entire organization from being relegated to CFL, I assume. Yeah. Get to the stadium. Be outside the stadium. Uh, There's a nice little shopping area with a lot of bars and restaurants going over to the stadium. She was right. Arizona fans talk as much, if not more, crap than Green Bay Packer fans. And Green Bay Packer fans are horrendous, horrendous at talking crap all throughout a game, before it's over, after it's over, win or lose, they're still talking smack. Well, we got four rings. Where's your rings? You lost the game. Shut up. Cardinals fans talk as much smack as Green Bay Packer fans for one fraction, one fraction of the reasons why. I'm sitting there at the game. Wearing my Lions gear. I am intentionally trying not to cause any waves early because I don't want to be on another video of people bloody on the stairs getting beat up. So I am literally sitting there, minding my own business, talking with my wife, talking to the other Lions fans we're sitting by, having a good time, nothing smack talking. Arizona Cardinals, they win the opening kickoff. They march the ball all the way down the entire length of the field and score the opening touchdown. At which point, the Cardinals fans sitting two, three people down to my right stands up, turns and faces me and the handful, like, seven, eight Lions fans in my general area and just shouts at the top of his lungs, don't see you Lions fans talking now. And I'm thinking to myself, well, sir, that is factually accurate. We are not talking now, but in context, we haven't been talking at all. Why? It's like you can't have an angry retort to somebody who hasn't done anything. There's nothing to retort to. Here's what I hear you saying, Ray. Anytime a team absolutely owns the Detroit Lions, you talk about how bad their fans are and how bad their fans are. No! That's not even close to the You know why? Because the Arizona Cardinals beat you guys in 2014, 2013, 2012, 2009, and 2007, and 2006. I believe almost. They beat you the last seven times they played you. So they can say whatever they want to you guys because they absolutely own your butts. (laughs) You're trying to make it work, and it just didn't happen. Oh, it totally works. Uh, how many it, of those games seven, were in Arizona? Like, um, all of them? One, two, three. Yeah. Well, I see one in 2009 that was in Ford Field. That is probably correct, yes. Well, I'm just saying, I, the well, majority you know what, of the right? time when we play yeah. Arizona, we play on the road, and, as you and said, we always play terrible And there. as you said, Arizona is usually terrible. So yes, that and, even makes your point worse. You lost six games in Arizona. Yeah, six of seven. We always have to go to them. If they if six of the seven games were in Detroit instead of at Arizona, we'd be at least four and three in those games. When we go to Arizona, it doesn't matter. And I said this before we even went there. It doesn't matter how bad the Cardinals are. We play like living doo-doo bird when it comes to playing in Arizona. It's always bad. Always chalk it up to a Cardinals victory. Do you play that bad or do they make you play that bad? No, we play that bad because those are some rotten you. teams we lost to. Well, those there you are go. some rotten teams. So you're teams. saying you lost to a bunch of rotten teams. Yes, on the road in Arizona. I'm just saying it's if hard. If a team owns you, which if you they beat you seven times in nine seasons, you have to say they own you, but, correct? Oh, Arizona Cardinals absolutely owns us. Okay. Lately. I mean, I could say that about the Chiefs. Like, up until this year, usually every time we go to Miami, we always lose. Well, you said about the Broncos and the Chiefs right now. You haven't well, absolutely. since. Yeah, we haven't beat them for a while. But the Broncos are awesome, though. The Broncos have Peyton Manning yeah. right now, and they went to the Super Bowl last year. It's true. Okay? They're, they're a traditionally a powerhouse yeah, team. Traditional powerhouse team. But here's the deal, then. If the guy wants to talk smack to Detroit fans, stand up and say, we own you. You'll, you don't beat us. I'm okay with that. But don't stand up as if you're like, I've been riling you the whole time, and you're finally giving me that verbal smackdown I deserve, well, when I fair. haven't said anything at all. To be fair, Ray, have you seen the math scores in Arizona? They're not big on statistics and numbers. They're not big on math or Sometimes learning. at the end of the game, they have to be like, did we win? <laughs> I see numbers. <laughs> I don't know what they mean. <laughs> the craziest thing, though, the University of Phoenix Stadium, I don't know if you've seen pictures, it's like... It's like the Michelin man covered himself in tinfoil and settled in for a while. It's like a giant <laughs> bubble boy uh, biodome container it's, covered in fumigation uh, lining. It's real ugly, like the, uh, like the airport in Denver. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. It looks kind of like the yeah. airport in Denver. Yeah. And what one of my homeboys told me after the fact is, he goes, well, didn't you get it? Didn't you get what that stadium is supposed to be? And I'm like, it's not just the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man with a conspiracy theory. No, apparently it's supposed to be a snake. It's a coiled, 
It's a coiled silver snake. But the, it but looks the, nothing like a snake. But the Diamondbacks is the baseball team. Yes. They don't play there. You know who plays there in the stadium shaped like a snake? The Cardinals. A bird. Shouldn't it look like a bird's nest? Wouldn't that be way more appropriate? Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, and so after the game is over, we lost. We're tired. We're hanging out at a hotel near the stadium. The Renaissance, they were very nice people there. I'll give them a quick plug. And um, there's a father and son Cardinal fan watching the Sunday night game and sitting in front of the TV. And they both have, like, their shoes off, and they've got, like, their bare feet on the other chairs in their, like, area in that lounge okay and, that's gross and they're eating like bags of popcorn and i'm trying to troll you ray but that's gross it's gross and they're eating like bags of popcorn and peanuts and only getting half of it in their mouth just wrappers all around them and i'm like this is the classic like uh, stereotypical white trash family you know what i'm yeah, saying that's wt they're sitting there in the front of the screen and uh, all of a sudden like the kid uh the kid looks behind him and he notices hanging out in the lobby probably also waiting for their shuttles there's maybe like 10 or 11 Detroit Lions fans sitting behind them, mm-hmm. just with their jerseys on, fresh from the game, just quietly having a drink, relaxing, watching the game. Nobody, again, is saying anything at all. And then all of a sudden, the kid like turns to his dad, and he's just like, Hey, Detroit Lions, great game today! <laughs> Chomping popcorn, spitting out of his mouth, bare feet, kicking the couch in front of him. And I'm just like, I effing hate you. You are the worst people in the world. I had no strong opinion about Arizona Cardinal fans or Arizona fans in general. After this experience, I might have to put them one notch above Cleveland fans. That's how disgusting I find Arizona fans to be. Wow. I'm not trying to say they were all like that. I met a couple of super chill dudes who sat behind me. We were talking about Aeneas Williams getting into the Hall of Fame and how it was deserved. And those guys were super cool. Especially in the second half, man. They were they were just like, Man, you guys got a raw deal on that one. I'm like, Yeah, we did. But the other everybody else, oh man, so rough. It's just it's like being dropped right in the middle of WT Central and then and then being told, uh, escape. <laughs> escape from Alabama. Wow. Atrocious wow. people. Um, it's always the worst when you go to a game and you lose, and then the the fans are terrible. Also, you know, like I felt like that way when I went to San Diego one time. I was like, or even Do- Royal. I went to the Royals game at Dodger Stadium one time, and we lost, and they're still taunting me. I was like, why? Why are you taunting me? You won. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. Scoreboard. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Okay. Yeah. Do I have to say scoreboard? Because that feels like just humiliating. Did I? <laughs> did did I? Well, here's the deal. You go to a game as a visiting fan, hoping your team's going to win, appreciating that winning percentages on the road are below 500. Mm-hmm. You are not going there because you're a front runner. You're not going there because you're a bandwagon. You're going there because you're hoping to see something magical happen. Well, here's the deal. And then you, when it doesn't happen, you just got to eat yeah. it. You just got to eat it. There's nothing else you could do. And here's the deal, Ray. If you guys had played Arizona like almost any other year in Arizona, they were so terrible. Like if you played them last year or in 2012 or in 2007 or in 2006, they were terrible all those years. So clearly you would have won at least one of those. <laughs> have I mentioned lately how much I hate you? <laughs> but that's not the big NFL story of the entire week. There's the, a bigger NFL story. The Chiefs losing to the Raiders? As a certain team gets off the schneid. They do. And you know what? What happened? Here's what happened. Kansas City. It's they, not that good. They love. They're just not that they good. They love NFL records. Yeah. And there is All a right. certain record that is held by the Detroit Lions. Yeah. That the Chiefs just could not. They said, you know what? We can let this game go for history. For history. Let's keep. Let's keep that team. Yeah. The only 0-16 team ever. But you have to understand you know that what they did. And then I saw after the Chiefs lost to the Raiders, I saw just like when Miami every time when the last team loses a game, when the last team won a game, I saw all of those old Detroit Lions pop in their champagne course. <laughs> Rod Marinelli, Dan Orlovsky get yeah. together in a Chili's bar and pour spoiled milk over Matt each other's Millen. heads <laughs> with Matt Millen taking pictures for Instagram. Um, it. I mean, I'm not. I, I, the Chiefs can't. The Chiefs could win the Super One. Bowl this year, and all I have to say is you lost to the Raiders. Yeah, they didn't play very good. You've, that's the end of the season, right there. They didn't play very good. That being said, 
they still had the lead with they two sh- minutes left in the game. That being said, they played their worst game of the season, and they still should have won. Yeah, and they still should. Well, I I wouldn't say you let sh- Derek Carr go eighty yards in the final f- five minutes of the game. You drop an interception that's right in your hands. You you know that's you, you get opportunities like that, and the teams that are really really ready. Uh, but you know what? Those stupid Thursday night games, man. They're weird games, they are. and it was muddy and you know all sorts of bad things that could have gone wrong for the Chiefs went wrong, but they still should have won the Can game. Can we admit the collusion right here? Can we admit what Kansas City was really doing in that game? What's that? They are terrified of the Oakland Raiders getting the number one overall <laughs> pick in really? the NFL draft. They just don't want to see that, so they blow this game in hopes that Jacksonville Jaguars get the number one overall pick. I don't think anyone's real scared that of Jacksonville or Oakland's picking strategies in the draft. How dare you, sir? Blake Bortles? Derek Carr? These guys look like quarterbacks of the future. They could be. I mean, do you, do you think those two teams? Khalil the, Mack, you're gonna I'm, you're gonna you don't think Khalil hey, Mack will be a decent pro? Khalil Mack's a good player. Oh, okay, good. He, yeah, he's a good player. He he was all over that field. I'll say he was kind of him and gosh, your boy Charles Woodson is just timeless, man. When will that guy stop playing good? Uh, two years ago, <laughs> no, he but he's played. He's had a good season this year, but let's face it, he's not the player he was. He doesn't have the speed back but in the still nineties. He still is just one of the most instinctual players. He's always around the ball. Uh, he's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, here's the deal: defensive player won the Heisman, and I love to hate Only that guy, ever. but Only he's you can't argue. National champion, Super Bowl champion, Heisman Trophy winner. Well, half of a national championship. Uh, we'll give him the full. A credit. whole Heisman Trophy. <laughs> we'll give, I'll give him, him that. the full credit. <laughs> now, if if Charles Woodson had been tackled at the one yard line on that punt return, he would not have won the Heisman. That is correct. Yeah. <laughs> If he also didn't get that photo op with the rose in his mouth right at the end of the Ohio State game, yeah, doesn't win the I Heisman. I say this best it's about Heis- publicity, best is what Heisman I'm pose I've seen. There's only one good Heisman pose in the history of college football, and don't kid yourself, you know who it is, Desmond Howard. Oh yeah, that oh was it Desmond Howard? Yeah. Why was I thinking that was him? Because it's another Michigan guy. Because all Michigan players look the same. They all to you. look the same. Well, to be fair, they're all wearing the same helmets. You guys, I have to say this right now: all <laughs> Michigan players. He, Brent has a disorder. All Michigan players look the same to him. Mm-hmm. So when like uh, Charles, Woodson, I assume they're all Hall of Famers. Charles Woodson jumps up in the air and he like knocks down a pass against Kansas City. Brent turned right to me and he's just like, "When did Tom Brady start playing defense?" Yeah, here's the deal for the Raiders. Anytime I hear "Oh, quarterback from Michigan," I was like, "Oh God, he's won three Super Bowls." <laughs> He was trying to convince me that Elvis Gerbach won three Super Bowls with the Chiefs. How many? He, that he just didn't somehow Brady remember. Have? Does he have two Super Bowls? Three, yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. He's won three, lost and two. And lost two. He's probably Both gonna, to the Giants. Here's the deal. He's probably going to make his sixth one this year. <laughs> Real quick. It's possible. Um, who's going to stop the Patriots? If you had to pick the Super Bowl teams right now, AFC, NFC, who do you take? I'll tell you who I take. I'll start right now. Okay. I'll just take the last two teams the Lions played. I think the Arizona Cardinals find a way to make it happen. I think that, especially with home field advantage, mm-hmm. it's hard to go there. That is a not a loud stadium, but there's just something in the atmosphere there. Just weird, wonky things happen. And they that team has a defense, especially when they're not being flagged for obvious holding. Yeah. <sighs> AKA think- Seahawks, but now also versus the New England Patriots. I think those are the two teams I would look at right now for Sherzies. If I'm looking at who's playing real well right now, I like the team that has a good passing attack. A punishing running back. Defense is not great, but you've got those two things, and you've got a mobile quarterback who's oh, elite. San Francisco. <laughs> not the guy that got sacked the most. I'm saying oh. Green Bay. Green Bay in the NFC. That's what I th- Now, that being said, I could easily see Seattle, San Francisco, uh, Arizona. I mean, I think it's a real... It's a real toss-up. It is a toss-up right now. This is going to be a real exciting playoffs. Not just to see uh, who wins, but who even gets there in the and first place. And then in the place. AFC. You've got, okay, of course, New England is hot right now, okay? If they get home field but advantage, who goes to Foxborough and beats st- that team? They've beaten every other division winner in football, it feels like. No, I understand, but I still think New England's got, you know, they look the best right now. But I still think, you know, Denver can come back. I, I mean, those teams in the in the East, too, I think are tough. Baltimore's going to be a tough out, man. Baltimore could run and pass. Teams in the North, you mean? Oh, yeah, teams in the North. Yeah. The king in the North! King of the North. Um, yeah, the teams in the North. Winter is coming. Yeah. Uh, Cincinnati, you know, I don't think with Dalton they're they're really a factor, but I think Baltimore until, until Cincinnati wins a playoff game with Andy Dalton, we have to assume they're never going to win. And then, a playoff and then game Pittsburgh, with Andy Pittsburgh always seems to be close, and then you know they but 
they ha- they either play really good this year or really bad. Doesn't Pittsburgh feel like that classic six seed team that you just don't even mm-hmm. think is that good, but they're not bad, and then somehow math happens and they just squeak in at the six seed, yeah. and then like win a game, and then they've got an elite receiver. They've got a yes, you know Ben Roethlisberger is a tough quarterback, probably the best running back in football right now, Le'Veon Bell. Possibly one well, of the I mean, top one of the top four. It's hard to argue yeah. that he's not one one of the best, if not the best. Yeah, <clears throat> but their defense again not very good. So who's your AFC team then? I I, I if really you're taking like, the Green Bay ugh, Packers. Who's the AFC? I like team Baltimore right now. Baltimore? Baltimore, Baltimore, the Baltimore Ravens versus yeah. the Green Bay ugh, Packers. I like their coach. Uh, I like their experience. Justin Forsett, <laughs> the unknown guy, formerly of everywhere, what Jacksonville, yeah. and then he was at Jacksonville, couldn't get off the bench. Nope. You know, well, it also shows I mean, running back. Let's face it, so much there is a lot of inherent talent that's going to happen, but uh, offensive line makes all the difference. That's the difference well, between that's the difference between the Cowboys beating the Giants yeah. on the Sunday night affair, where Tony Romo has six and a half seven seconds in the pocket yeah. unmolested, and where Detroit's been struggling the last two weeks, where Matt Stafford gets point seven seconds before he's got a guy grabbing well, him in the nose. And let's be real honest about New England. Okay, New England still does not really have a featured back. Not that you have to have that, but it's nice in the snow to have that. It's also a you know been proven. Ever since Bill Belichick got caught cheating in the one Super Bowl, they haven't played very well in the playoffs. They've got to a Super Bowl, but then they got their butts handed to them in the Super oh, Bowl. Oh, you can't say that. Oh, they got their butts <laughs> handed to them. They've made two Super Bowls since then, and they did lose and both. And they got their butts handed to them uh, both times. They're one magical David Tyree sold his soul to the devil catch from winning well, one of those minimum. But uh, I feel you on that. Well, they are a different team in the playoffs. The only other thing I'd say about Green Bay is, look what they did against Minnesota. When they even play a kind of good defense, which, let's face it, Chicago, they blew out. Uh, they blew out the Philadelphia Eagles, bad defense. When they played a team like Minnesota, who at least puts up a marginally good defense, or even my Detroit Lions, who has a great defense, when they play those teams, they have they do not get off. They do not score. Well, if Minnesota had any kind of decent offense at all, if that team has Adrian Peterson on it, that team beats Green Bay uh, this past weekend, I think that the, but it all underscores just the parity in the league this year. But this is my whole point, though, is that when Green Bay hits the playoffs, all they're going to see are those good defenses. Yeah. And I don't think they can win two, three games in a row, even if most of them are at home against those types of defenses. We'll see. I just don't think they can do it. We will see. But they did it before without a great defense. You know, look. But look at the parity. Kansas City. They beat Seattle. Then the next week they lose to the Raiders. They lost to Tennessee. And, you know, look at Detroit. They win a bunch of games, and then they lose to knucklehead teams. They lose to Buffalo. It was not that good. Well, extenuating circumstances, but yes. You know what I mean? Buffalo, Buffalo's kind of like You say good. Green Bay will roll over some good teams, and then they almost lose to Minnesota. When we lost to Buffalo. New I've... England lost to Kansas City, and then Kansas City. Or then, and then they win seven yeah, in a row. New England loses to a garbage team like the Kansas well, City saying, Chiefs. There's... Great point, Brett. The, the teams are not consistent. No uh, one's consistent for week to week. I love it. I love NFL parody. Yeah. It's fantastic. That's Except what I'm saying. It's really hard to pick. if you're a fan pick. of an NFL team. Like, if I'm going to name the teams that could win the Super Bowl right now, AFC, okay. Kansas City, Denver. Well, okay, New you're already wrong. Kansas City, New England, <laughs> Denver, uh, Baltimore, Pittsburgh. At the, by, by that strategy, you could say Oakland could win the Super Bowl because who knows? They could play the Chiefs three games well, in a row. Well, they're already eliminated. Oh, that's, my bad. So that's, let's see, anyone else? Uh, five, Cleveland! Um, say it! No, You're Cleveland Browns! I can't say it. That's five. And then, then on the other side, yeah, Arizona, Green Bay, maybe Detroit because they have the good defense. And you can't ever throw out San Fran and Seattle. Seattle, San Fran. Yeah. You could make a case for Dallas or Philadelphia oh, Dallas. getting hot, especially if one of them gets Dallas the two Dallas and Philadelphia. Seed. Yeah. If, one of, I mean, if Dallas or Philadelphia, if especially Philadelphia, if they get the two seed mm-hmm. and Arizona jobs their opening round uh, final four game of the NFC and Philadelphia hosts the NFC championship game, yeah. I could absolutely see that happening. The problem I see with this Arizona team is they have a good defense. It's not an elite defense. And I'm still worried about their offense, man. They don't have, they don't really have like an elite receiver right now. They don't have an elite running back. Well, that kid Brown's have a, been fantastic. He's been pretty good, but he's been a little inconsistent. He's a rookie, though. He's a rookie. Uh, he's going to hit that rookie wall. They have a backup quarterback essentially playing. I mean, how can you really, you know, you put your, you're going to put your paycheck on, if you have to put your paycheck on somebody, you're going to put it on Arizona? No. I think I, I more likely put it on Aaron Rodgers than Arizona. I think head to head, Drew Stanton. Beats Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I'm just worried they're not going to score enough points in the playoffs. That's what I think about Arizona. If Arizona's going to win, they're going to win some of these 13 to 10 games. Mm-hmm. 
They but, can score just enough. They did against but, us just enough to do it. Yeah, but some of those teams are not. They're not going to be held down that much in the playoffs. I mean, they you know they don't call a lot of penalties in the playoffs. That's good for Arizona. They play that Seattle handsy defense. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. In any case, we'll be right back. We got to talk a little baseball after three seconds of Dido. Why do they call it the Hot Stove League? I would think, Ray, it's because um, it's during the winter. Okay. So back in the olden days, people yeah. would just sit around, talk about baseball around their hot wood-burning stove. <laughs> this old-timey baseball when they used to yeah. play with uh, pigeons for mitts? Like on the old show Little House on the Prairie, they'd just be sitting around Mr. Olsen and half yeah, pint. I'll give you two farthings for Ty Cobb. It's <laughs> <laughs> happening. Well, they call it the Hot Stove League. Mm-hmm. Because this is when all the hot stoven happens. Mm. And speaking of hot stoven, Brent, tell me about your Boston Red Sox. Wow. Hot, they're going to have to keep that hot stove hot because they got a lot of food to cook. they got these. a lot of meals to prepare. <laughs> <laughs> because they just signed two players, and they are. they got a guy. Well, they still have a guy named Big Poppy. I mean, Big is just in his name. And then they got the Panda, Big Panda. They just signed Kung Fu Panda. Yeah. Pablo Sandoval, a man who thinks Big Poppy's, you know, not big enough. Yeah. And? And uh, Hanley Ramirez. Hanley Mr. Ramirez. Can't stay healthy and can't really play shortstop anymore. How could you possibly be a fat shortstop? He's not fat. He's big boned. He's not fat. Well, his face is a little chunky. He's not fat, but he has no range and he wants to play shortstop. He plays shortstop like Big Poppy would play so shortstop. What are they going to do? Are they going to put him at. Uh... How many DHs can one team have? Yeah. Are they going to put him at third base? Well, I, mean, I would you assume said something about left field. Pablo third base, Big Poppy plays DH first base. Hanley at shortstop? Question mark. I mean, he kind of have to. That's his natural position. This team is going to give up way more like hits and errors than maybe any team ever. Like this on paper is a terrible field. So it's just team. they're just going to outscore everybody as their plan. Well, they're going to have to hit a lot of uh, three run homers. Earl Earl Hebner baseball. Oh, wait. Earl Weaver baseball. I'm just going to hit three-run homers all day and win the American League. It's called lazy managing, everybody. Sorry, Orioles fans. You know it's true. It is true. Yeah. Well, you, we all know that the, they also have Ioannis I mean, Cespedes. here's the deal. Us as fans of the American League. Yes. I hope you play shortstop. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying it's, it's like the equivalent of playing foosball. And They're just going to 20... be stuck in their positions and unable to move. And $22 million per year. I mean, he's a good player. He's a good hitter. Don't get me wrong. Professional hitter, Hanley Ramirez. Great clutch postseason performer, Pablo Sandoval. You've seen it firsthand. I've seen it firsthand. Dude mashes when the game's on the line. Don't fault that at all. Well, I'm just wondering where their defense is going to come from. Dustin Pedroia? I mean, has he lost a well, step but yet? They, but they have that Xander Bogarts guy playing shortstop already. And he's like 22 years old, and he's a phenom. So... They've got to be thinking they're going to put him in left field or right field. I would think that they would uh, trade Xander Bogarts for a, like a big pitcher. Because that team is going to need a starting staff at some point. Since they got rid of every starting pitcher they own on the roster. Unless they think their farm system is strong with a K. With a backwards K. Yeah. That means that, means that uh, he didn't swing. I don't know, man. I just learned that. I feel like they're going to move in the outfield and they're going to move Cespedes. Because there's been all these rumors saying that he's like not working very hard and no. kind of a pain in the butt, and that's probably why they're willing to get rid of him in Oakland. Well, Cespedes has a little bit of that Puig. Uh... Oh yeah. Well, let's be fair. Puig came after him, so Puig has a little bit of that Cespedes. Fair enough, but Puig has it more than Cespedes has. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, if it, I mean, officially, if Juan Cespedes is ever in the home run derby again, I'll tell you what. I'm picking him. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Tired of rooting against him. Oh, like I did last year. I'll tell you what. Yeah. If I were the Royals, I'd. Give a couple good prospects to get you in Cespedes. He'd be perfect for your team. You need a guy who can actually play baseball. Well, we need a guy who can, you know, who can... Uh, hit, hit a home run. Hit the baseball. Hit the uh, baseball over La yeah. Fenso. Is that offensive? Mm, no. Just not Spanish. I mean... All right. It's Spang- <laughs> not offensive, though. Spanglish? It's cute, right? Esperanto? Yeah. Did I at least get Esperanto <laughs> on that? Eee. So in, in another move, I mean, there's other, there's not a ton of moves happening right now. It's all sort of the mini, besides the Boston Red Sox, who've decided to go hog wild mm-hmm. in this offseason. Everybody else is sort of, you know, my Tiger signed Victor Martinez, you know, good signing. I'm happy about it. Mm-hmm. You know, Torrey Hunter, as we were talking about before, went on the air. 
is 39 years old at this point yeah. and just looking for a contract. So, well, he's going to get a contract, but then he's also, you know, being coy at the end of the year. Well, I don't know if I'm going to retire. I'm going to do this. Yeah, Listen, Tori, you're not Brett Favre. Yeah. Nobody cares. If you retired, people would be like, hmm. Okay. I'll tell you what. You know what? It really seems like Tori Hunter is just angling by saying he's going to retire. He's just angling. To get a Levi's jeans commercial. That's how it works. You know, he's going to go up against Brett Favre with his Wrangler jeans, and he's going to do the Levi's. That's right. Although, yeah. even Brett Favre, is they're starting to scoot him out for Drew Brees. Yeah. When I think of Wrangler jeans, I think of, like, country music. I mm-hmm. think of, like, dirty peanuts on the floor and line dancing. And you know what NFL quarterback exemplifies that the least? Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Well, but Drew Brees, to be fair, will help them sell a lot more little boys' jeans because he's a tiny little man. Because he is. I mean, Billy Barty stood next to Drew Brees. I couldn't tell him apart. It was terrible. Drew, what jeans do you wear? 24-24. So, Drew Brees, you represent two factions. That's right. Wrangler Jeans and the Lollipop Guild. (laughs) Terrible. He is very small, though. Uh, he is a well, very small man. You know what? That just makes sacking him even more fun, right? There's a lot of reasons to to kind of make fun of Drew Brees, but I'll just pick six. Am I right? Jeez, <laughs> oh, Pete. He's a lovely man with a lovely family. How dare yeah. you? <laughs> I have to say that officially. On the record, that is what I, that is my opinion of Drew Brees. Thank you. I, I just thought of this as we were doing the show, but like now that I see that Cespedes could be on the trading block. Maybe you can like... trade him that, um, that Korean fan for Cespedes. Oh, Sung Woo Lee. Yeah. Se- trade Sung Woo Lee and, and a bag of donuts for Yuana Cespedes. I Pick would, up the contract. I think Sung Woo Lee would love to cheer like just standing on the top of the green monster, you know, going crazy. Could you imagine like just Ned Yost just calling Sung Woo Lee from all the way in Korea and just being like, all right, son. Sung. It's a, it's a, tough, it's a tough world out Thanks there. Thanks for all your help last season. You've been traded. Yeah. You now root for the Red Sox. Thanks. I mean, the Royals might still have some interest in re-signing Aoki, but the thing is, Aoki hit one home run last year. Yikes! Yeah. Uh, and he doesn't get, you know, he's not, and he's a fast guy, but he doesn't get doubles and triples, so you have to want, do one of those two things. I don't know. Maybe I, somebody like Cespedes, maybe like a Michael Morse, maybe, and they, you know, the rumors are Tory Hunter now, is going to go I've to heard, KC, like, maybe. underground stories of this up-and-coming softball player mm-hmm. who hits a lot of home runs. Mm-hmm has deceptive speed, yep. and can play the field. You're talking about me. My question is, Brent, when yeah. are you signing with the Kansas City Royals? Well, You could at least hit as many home runs Ray, as Aoki, or at least get within one of them. Here's the deal. At the end of the season, they offered me a qualifying offer, Yes, which is $15.3 million. Wow. That's insulting. I wouldn't take it. I'll stay here and do the podcast with you, sir. Um, you know I can't offer $15.3 million. That's okay. I mean, Ray Brentco. I don't need doesn't, it. Doesn't have. I don't need it, Ray. Oh, it's not about the money. Well, I mean, you could Wait, always fifteen point three million. Wait, what? You can always just do that and give me the money then, because <laughs> I'll gladly. I could, and they even said that. that. Look, if you don't do it for 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 yourself, do it for your friend Ray. Give him the money. And I was like, you know what? Ray's not about the money either. <laughs> oh, oh, good. <laughs> I. Uh, oh. Well, everybody, we'll be right back with the show after three seconds of the Golden Girls. <laughs> So what do you think of when you think of Thanksgiving Day football? I think of um, teams that historically have not been good enough to watch on national television being given a game, every, uh, being forced to watch a crappy football team play. But let's stop talking about the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, Am wow. I right? Wow, look at you with the swerve at the very end. How <laughs> dare you? Uh, Thanksgiving Day football, being from the, the city of Detroit, mm-hmm. Thanksgiving Day football, that's our tradition. Yeah. Like we feel like that's the Detroit holiday for the entire year. Like the Lions have been playing on Thanksgiving Day since what, 1935, 1934? You'd uh, think I know it off the top of my me. head. It was a long it was back in the 30s. It was pre-World War II when we were playing on Thanksgiving Day, and that's because the NFL had decided, historical lesson, the NFL had decided they wanted to have a game on Thanksgiving Day and they offered it up to every single NFL team. And they and every NFL team said, that's that's too much work. We don't want to do that. Only one team stepped forward, your Detroit Lions, and said, we will be happy to be the, thir- the Thursday Thanksgiving 
team of destiny. We have nothing to be thankful for on Thanksgiving. We will play football instead. And hope that we can be at least thankful about that. So the Lions have been doing it forever, and the Cowboys are all surrounds. They came around in the 1960s in order to play, but it's, since then it's, it's been tradition. Cowboys and Lions play on Thanksgiving every single year, and in the last couple of years, and thank the NFL for doing this, they added a third game in the evening on the NFL Network, which is how we got the butt fumble. Yeah. One of the most historic Thanksgiving things that have ever happened in the entire universe. By the way, uh, just a quick aside. Did you realize that they had the butt fumble? And as a result of that, when the Kansas City uh, player caught a ball, caught a touchdown pass while sitting on his butt in the end zone, they called it the butt touchdown. The butt touchdown. I did know that. <laughs> they said not since the butt fumble. Nobody will. If Mark Sanchez can go on and win four Super Bowls in a row the next four years with the Eagles. He'll only be known for the butt fumble on national television on Thursday night. But so Thanksgiving Day football, Thanksgiving is the most important holiday for many, 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 many people in the Detroit area. And I've said this before. I'll say it again. If you were to ask me, Ray, if you were to ask me, how would you make a holiday? If, if you were to invent your own holiday today, what would it be like? And I'd be like, okay, I'd probably do it in the middle of the week so everybody gets a day off. Okay. I would have it be about eating way too much food, drinking way too much booze, and watching Detroit Lions football. That's my holiday. Hey, it's Thanksgiving. That's exactly what Thanksgiving is, everybody. And this year is no different. We have a spate of games. How good did they schedule these Thanksgiving Day games this year? Pretty good games. Yeah. Even the first game that has two terrible teams in it. How dare you? How dare you, sir? Yes, one of those teams is terrible. That team that I said was trash earlier in the, the year. One and they got destroyed last week and has scored no touchdowns in the last two weeks. Hey, they beat Tampa Bay, and they did score a touchdown. Oh, wait. You're talking about the Lions. <laughs> yes, I am. Uh, the Chicago Bears are trash. Uh, they will uh, finish in last place in that division. I will be really surprised. If the Bears, <laughs> you better hope that the Detroit wins that game. If you man. think I'm not nervous about this game, you're, I have talked more smack about the Bears this year than maybe any other year in the history of me watching football. You know I what, think this team is garbage, and I think what, we're going to treat them like the trash that they are. You know what scares you? It has to scare you a little bit about Chicago. One, it's a divisional game, just yep. like how the Raiders... Well, the Raiders, let's face it. The Raiders are worse than, but that's to my point, Ray. The Raiders are worse than Chicago. Fair enough. Okay? You're playing a team that's a divisional rival, number one. Number two, yeah, Cutler, not a consistent quarterback, but at times... He could get it done. He can get it done. He'll put up numbers. Brandon Marshall... Alshon Jeffrey. Alshon Jeffrey. Matt Forte, most Matt of all. Forte. But Matt Forte's not going to be able to run the ball against us. You know how I know that? No one can run the ball against us. Number one rushing defense this year. So he's going to have to catch another 80-yard dump well, pass, yeah. which might so, happen. But that has to scare you because they have some good skilled players. They now, definitely granted, do. They better jump on them. If they don't jump on them, then they'll get what they deserve, probably. But I feel like they will. I feel they like also, we're running into like a 38 to... 14 game or something. Yeah, it's entirely possible. I mean, it, my official prediction right now is the Lions are going to win that game 44 to 17. Yeah, that I think the right. offense comes back to life again. They do it on a short week. Chicago has to travel. Jay Cutler's not that good. And the Lions on Thanksgiving Day, they look they looked good the last couple years after blowing it a bunch in a row. And I will say that it will be no surprise if Detroit's offense comes back to life once they start playing a terrible team. Um, a terrible defense. Yeah. Let's face facts. Are they going to score more than 24 points this week, right? Oh, absolutely. But you thought that a lot of the other weeks. I thought that many of the other weeks, but every single week, it seems like we've been playing up against a team. Even in the case of Buffalo Bills, Miami Dolphins, this is a team whose defensive strength comes from their front four, and with our offensive line in shambles the way it is, it's caused us headache after problem after headache. The Does, Bears don't have that. Do the Bears, the Bears have, don't have, that. have the gumption, the talent, the pride the intestinal fortitude to mess up the Lions' season. Well, they would love to. I'll and tell you that Lions, right now. And if the Lions lose this week, are they on their way out of the playoffs? Uh, it would definitely hurt their... The, the next two games are also at home against Tampa Bay and Minnesota. you think they would win those. You would think, but you'd think they'd, they'd go win the next three in a row. But hey, we said that about the Saints three weeks ago, didn't we? Right. We thought KC so, was definitely going to beat Oakland. I mean, well, most likely. Yeah. So who knows? I mean, here's the deal. I think the Lions are going to win this game big. I don't usually predict Lions blowouts because they don't happen, period. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I think this is the week that they just get it together. It's on national television, and I don't think they come out and lay a stink burger. I do believe they pound the Bears and 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 do terrible things to them. I think Jay Cutler has a career bad. He'll, he might still pass for 300 yards, but there might be two, three picks in there. I mean, I think is, bad things are going to happen to him. Is this Tressman guy on his way out? Absolutely. Yeah. 
I mean, uh, he came in as a quarterback guru and nothing else, which seems like a weird reason to hire a CFL coach who's only known for training quarterbacks. He's a CFL to be your guy, head coach, CFL guy, which has a different field. So it makes sense that like Jake Cutler throws all the balls five yards out of bounds because that would be inbounds in the CFL. <laughs> in the CFL, sir, it makes total sense. <laughs> yeah, Trestman's honestly, he has to be. I mean, they, if, if they get on a little bit of a roll at the end of the year, he might make it one more season. Mm-hmm. I just and don't. they're gonna have to make him change coordinators or something. But he should be an offensive coordinator. Should uh, he? Or, or she? He should be a quarterbacks coach yeah he shouldn't be a head coach what does he know about defense he knows less about defense than rob ryan knows about offense yeah just saying or i'm sorry rex ryan oh wait both of them good enough for me uh so that's the first game second game fantastic game winner of this is going to be head of first place in their own division Mm -hmm. philadelphia at dallas that's a great game i am excited for that game tell you what these are two teams that are known for like playing a certain way and then in big games just laying eggs Correct. Right? Correct. Uh, so who's going to lay the egg this Thursday? I could see either of those two teams winning this I game. I could, too. I could see either team winning 38-10. to 10. I would probably pick Philadelphia, mm-hmm. only because I think they have the better overall package on the table. But it's in Dallas, and it, let's face it, if Des Bryant, Tony Romo start finding that connection, they've got Jason Witten. If that offensive line is, again, I'll say it again, seven seconds for Tony Romo in the pocket, I was crying, dreaming of what Matt Stafford would do at time like that. I think Dallas wins this game uh, pretty handily. I don't think it's that close of a game. Really? Uh, and one of those stats that you always see in the NFL, uh, especially with inconsistent teams, if they, win a, if they win by a bunch of points, inconsistent, you know, and you have to say that Philly, they haven't been the most consistent team. They've they, won a lot of games. They got blown out by Green Bay and then came out and then blew yeah. out in a win Usually, the week after. So if you blow out somebody the next week, you don't play that well. The up-down theory. Yeah. The up-down theory. I feel you there. Okay. so you pick- And also, you know. Tony Romo, still better than Mark Sanchez. That's rough. Yeah. It's rough that I'm actually thinking if it's actually true or not. <laughs> it's true. I mean, you don't have to be great to be better than Mark Sanchez. I can dig it. But it's it's two it's two teams with pretty decent offenses and average to below average defenses, mm-hmm. which means this might be the most fun game of the entire day. Probably. Because game three should be all about defense. You've got Seattle at San Francisco. What a great game. Again, winner of that t- will be second place in their division. And then all anyone will be talking about is, you know, Marshawn Lynch. Beast mode. You know what I mean? The Skittles. Yeah, but, you know, all this drama with the team right now and whether he's going to resign and him not him not uh, being fined, uh, what, $100,000 for not speaking to the media and then the next week just giving one-word answers to everything. That was hilarious. That was the game. Yeah. Good. Good. Finally. Mm-hmm. Yep. Thanks. Is it just me or do the Seattle Seahawks kind of remind you of the USC teams that Pete Carroll like really, really good? And then they won the whole thing. Yeah. And then they started like turmoil. And then like, remember yeah, the Reggie Bush house situation? Yeah. And then they started like, you know, infighting. And then right before everything got really, really bad, Pete Carroll jumped ship. So I can't wait for Pete Carroll to go back to USC, his head coach in two years. Just go back and forth between the two worlds. Yeah. Fair enough. We'll be right back to wrap up the show after three seconds up. Jay-Z. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Get fucked to kind. So Rick Pitino. He's a great coach. Great coach. Not a good NBA coach. Not a good NBA it's, coach. So we call it. So far. College style. But he's a, yeah, he plays a great, fun college style. Uh, great recruiter. I mean, come on. The guy seems like he's full of energy. And you just see his hair, and you want your kids want to sign, right? I want hair like that. If that hair was in my living room and I was a good basketball player, mm-hmm. I'd be playing with that hair. Yeah. Yeah. That hair could coach me all day long. Yep. He probably says, do you want hair like this? Yes. Come to Louisville. Now, who's got better hair, him or Bela Lugosi and Dracula? Because it's close. <laughs> him. Okay. What about him or Calipari? That's him or Calipari. Wow. I would say him. Calipari occasionally gets frizzy. Calipari doesn't use the product, you know. Uh, I think Patino's like a disciple of the Pat Riley hair product. Oh, 100%. That's the comparison. Pat Riley or Rick Patino. If they made if they made a movie called The Three Amigos of Basketball. Three Amigos of Hairstyle It would be those two guys and Michael Douglas. <laughs> those three guys have all the same hair. Michael Douglas could probably... They make a movie where Michael Douglas is playing a basketball coach. Those would be the other two guys in the movie. If Michael Douglas hasn't played a basketball coach by now, mm-hmm. he should have. If they made missed opportunity, if they Hollywood made Russian nesting dolls of great hair. It would be, it would be Rick Pitino, and then he would go inside of the like John Calipari, and Calipari would go inside of Michael Douglas. I like it, and then the and whole they thing, all go inside of Bella Lugosi. They all go inside <laughs> Bella Lugosi, and you can't pull the little nesting dolls apart unless you. 
Pull the string. Pull the string. But anyway, why are we talking about Rick Pitino, Brent? Well, Rick Pitino, the other night, you know, Louisville just rolled Savannah State. Wow. 87-26. That must be hard to do. And so the, so the topic kind of came up, you know, Rick, I mean, do you have fun in these blowout games? Are you trying to blow these teams out? And he was like, no, I mean, I don't enjoy that at all. I tried everything. We played four white guys and an Egyptian. Oh, my goodness. Now, that's trying. Is that... Is that racist? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. No, it's, somehow it's not racist. It seems racist. It seems like it should be, but somehow in context, let's face it, white guys who do really, really well in college, for the most part, it doesn't necessarily translate. All the great honky players are all coming from Europe. Okay? What are you talking about? We got white guys. I could I could line up four guys, and they would still destroy Savannah. So you're telling me you could put together a Rick Patino-approved yeah. roster that would destroy yeah. Savannah? Okay. Adam Morrison? Oh, Cherokee Parks. Oh, my God. Sean Bradley. Oh, God. Tarko Milicic, although he is European, and an Egyptian. That team would probably blow out. Yeah. <laughs> probably put 89 points on Savannah. Right. Oh, my to be gracious. Fair, you know, in general, the, the the white players have still, there's still a lot of good white players in college basketball and in the NBA. Just, I mean, it's, to me, it is a little racist because it's kind of a stereotype. But that white people can't play. He's a white guy, though. He's allowed to use those names. I think it's even worse. Well, yeah, if it was a black coach, that would be worse. You're right. But still, it's just like you're insulting your own team. I, I like, played four white guys. I like a player who calls out his own team as being not that good. Yeah. In the After blowing somebody out. And an Egyptian. All, all the guys are like, you hear, he says, we played four white guys. And you hear the guys in the locker room, oh, and an Egyptian. Oh, oh, oh. And then he's like, wait, they were talking about me, correct? Yes. Listen, Pharaoh. <laughs> oh my goodness. Anyway, you ready to wrap up the show now that we're all in trouble? Yes. <laughs> Thank God. We got some people. First off, you got to do some stuff before we do thanks. You think it was the first time I've ever done this? What is this? Episode 70? Something Holy like crap. That. In any case, there's many, many different ways to find us. Thank you for listening, first off. You can go up on iTunes, give us a five star review, do all the happy things that you can do with that. Write us some names, some words. Thank you for listening. Subscribe. If you're not listening right now, I mean, what is this? The movie Interstellar? <laughs> Am I you wouldn't even be hearing us say yeah. this right now. Well, you wouldn't understand, right? It's because they're in the fourth dimension and time's relative. You're right. I wouldn't understand. Yeah. So that means my uncle is like a clock. Thanks, something. Rust Cole. Mm-hmm. However, also thank you for listening on Stitcher Radio, where you can download the Stitcher app today, or you can do it as a web-based browser. Put us in your playlist. We appreciate it. We're in a few of them now, and boy, that helps. Every single step helps. There's also ways that you can reach us. You can reach me at Twitter. I'm at Almighty Ray. And I'm at Scoops Pope. Or you can tweet the show at Ray Brent Podcast. You can email us, Podcast at gmail.com. Or what the heck, find us on Facebook. That's our main site, facebook.com slash Podcast. We also have people we want to thank. We have to thank Jeremy Buck and the Bang. The train wrecks. Got to thank the train wrecks. Absolutely. Got to thank uh, your boy, George, George Monsell, you know, friend of the show. He's, he's up. I, I saw him the other day, the day before he left. He's up in the doing a bunch of art stuff up in uh, Northern California. Nor, no, NorCal. NoCal until the end of the year. That's so, fantastic. So we well, you won't know have what? him back until next year. You guys should go buy stuff. Go to Silhouettes by Jordan or even JordanMonsell.com and buy you some art. Hey, and how about our boy Riley Smith? Our boy Riley Smith. We're going to thank him. Why are we thanking Riley Smith? We well, love Riley. He's he's a you know he's in our fantasy league. Are oh, you talking and about the, also big, the big news? Just booked True Detective. Speaking of Russ Cole. Speaking of Russ Cole. True Detective season two starring Ra- our Raisin Brent's own Riley Smith. Yeah. Can we claim him? Yeah. Is that how it works? And he's and he's you know it's on HBO and he's playing the boyfriend of Rachel McAdams so we'll probably see Riley's butt. I mean that's almost a foregone conclusion right? at this point. I didn't see it on True Blood yet. He always so. shows his butt on the podcast and he's not even that's not even on camera. Yeah, we, we keep having to tell him Riley. It's a it's an audio Riley, medium. It's okay, there's no. I mean, you could still do it. That's fine. I mean, it is what it is, right? <laughs> but no, congratulations to Riley Smith. We got We got to get him back on the show. But he's he's out of town a lot. He's out of town now. We get him when we can. When we'll we have to wait till season two. True Detective raps. Ooh, that's probably true. Yeah. And by then, he'll have already won our Raisin Brent League. We'll have to mail him the trophy. Oh, man. Gracious me. But anyway, we'll talk about that one next week. Yeah. We'll talk about some Raisin Brent, because it's almost our playoff next structure. Next week will be playoffs. Next year, we'll talk about the Raisin Brent playoffs. But um, let's see here. People got to thank David Knoll for producing the show. Hey, David Knoll beat Rafi this week. David, speaking Good of job, fantasy. David Knoll. Hey, congratulations on that second win. No, not one win. Why is he doing that? Not two wins. You got two wins. Not one. Not two. Not oh, it is two. Not seven. Mm. Two. 
Two would be the answer. Regardless, David Knoll still has a chance to get out of the cellar next week. It's possible. Yep. In any case, anybody else you want to thank, Brent? Mm, I want to thank Matt Stafford. Why? Because here's the deal. I have been on an eating binge lately, right? Okay? I've been eating a lot of food. Uh-huh. I started juicing this week. I'm trying to be healthy. Oh, you're doing There's steroids. No, juicing like fruit juices and vegetable oh, juices. Oh, my bad. The other juicing. Uh, not the Miguel Cabrera type. Wow. Uh, what do you want, another podcast? Right. Oh, wait. You were. I was. Anyway. I ended that podcast, Ray. That podcast ended well before you walked in the door, well, that's sir. That's true. Yikes! Anyway. anyway. I would like to thank Matthew Stafford because always when you're trying to eat healthy, someone's always there with food, tempting you with food. And I know if Matthew Stafford is around me, he is not giving me any food. It's all going in his big old fat gobber. He's not even fat. He's the opposite of when he's on the field. He's throwing interceptions. He is intercepting the food. I'll try to eat food at his place, and he will intercept it. I might lose a finger, but I will keep my, my nutritional diet going right now, Ray. Because of Matt Stafford, thank you, thank you for eating all the food. He's been sacked thirty-three times. He, I think, stop it. He, he here's what he does. Every time he gets sacked at Thanksgiving, he's like, "I got sacked thirty-three times. I will buy thirty-three sacks of groceries, most of them gravy." Good night, everybody. You're gonna have to drag me out in chains. You're gonna have to drag me out in chains. Sean Bradley. <laughs> That's the wrong list. We're not doing three seconds right. of Sean Bradley. All right, all right, all right, all right. What is wrong with you? <laughs> all right. Gordy Vanisevich. <laughs> He's not even on the list. What? How? Where would you even be reading that from? <laughs> from my mind. You ready to do this? Yes, I'm ready to do it. All right, we're doing it right now. All ready? Right. Yeah. JJ Reddick! I will punch you in the nose. <laughs> that is the wrong list. Read the other list on that page. Okay, okay, okay. Because you see the jello pudding. <laughs> that, right. I, do a Bill Cosby impression. It's nowhere found on that page. Okay.